We're talking about overcoming fear and finding strength in our faith. A small boy is sent to bed by his father. And five minutes later, he screams out, Dad, from down the hallway. The dad says, what? He says, I'm thirsty. Can you bring me a drink of water? No, son, you've already had plenty to drink. Lights out. Go to bed. Five minutes later, Dad, I'm thirsty. What do you want? I'm thirsty. What do you, what do you need? Can I have a drink of water? I told you no. And if you ask again, I'm going to come down the hallway to spank you. Five minutes later, Dad, what? When you come in to spank me, can you bring me a glass of water? <laughs> Got to overcome your fear. Got to overcome your fear. Come on, somebody. You got time for one more? You got time for one more? One summer evening, we're talking about overcoming fear. Amen. One summer evening during a violent thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her daughter into bed, and she was about to turn off the light when she asked with a tremor in her voice, Mommy, will you stay and sleep in, in my room with me tonight? The mother smiled and gave her daughter a reassuring hug. And she said, I can't, dear. She said, I have to sleep in daddy's room. Finally, a long silence was broken at last by her shaky little voice, the big sissy. Talking about overcoming our fears. Somebody say amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Psalm chapter 34. In the Word of God, we're going to be doing some work right there. And point number one, for all of you challenged note takers, man, you're challenging your heart, you're challenging your soul, you are the best of us. I'm telling you, all of our note takers, you're the best of us, okay? Point number one is acknowledge your fear. Acknowledge your fear. I think one of the ways that we have to overcome our fear is to acknowledge our fear, amen, before we can conquer it. We've got to acknowledge it. So Psalm chapter 34 and verse 4, look at this. I prayed to the Lord and God answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Do you see that right there? God didn't leave any out. He didn't leave me with a few, okay? He didn't leave me with just one or two. Scripture says he, he freed me from all of my fears. Verse 5 those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. And no shadow of shame will darken their faces. And then he says, in my desperation, I prayed. And the Lord listened. And he saved me from all of my troubles. All of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends. God surrounds and defends. The Holy Spirit surrounds and defends all who fear him. And then finally verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh the joys of those who take refuge in him. We all understand this morning that fear is a natural emotion. Amen. It's a natural human emotion, but it should not control our lives. Somebody say a good amen. Scripture declares in verse 5 that, that we'll be radiant with joy. Think about that. We're not running around in fear. We're not running around with frustration. We're not running around with anxiety and worry and all of these things. It says that we'll be radiant with joy. Radiant means 
shining or glowing brightly? To shine or glow brightly. Listen, not radiant with frustration. I, I get frustrated like anybody else, okay? Anybody else. I get frustrated. I get frustrated at traffic. I get frustrated when I'm hot. I get frustrated when I'm hungry. You guys know that about me, okay? You knew I was going to say that one. I get frustrated about situation and circumstance. We all do that, right? But he tells us that we're going to be radiant with joy. Amen. We're not radiant with stress. We're not radiant with fear and anxiety and worry. We're radiant with joy. Why? Because of verse 4. I prayed to the Lord. He answered me, and he freed me from all of my fears. Why are we radiant with joy? Because we prayed to God. Amen? Not because I went to a counselor. Not because I went to a session. I'm not mad at those things. Those are, those are beneficial. We understand that. But this young man was talking about, I spent time in the presence of God. God answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. And so we see and understand and realize that we live in a world full of things that incite fear. For instance, the fear of failure. Listen to this. This is so powerful. I want to help you this morning. The fear of failure is listed among the top 10 worst human fears. So what do a lot of people do? They don't even try. I, I, I would try that, but I'm, I'm afraid of failure. I've had people tell me, Pastor Mike, I want to get involved. I want to do something, but I'm so scared of the failure. I'm, I'm so scared to do it wrong. I, I'm so scared to, 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 to do it wrong. And, and the, the fear of failure, it ranks alongside other learned fears that include the fear of public speaking. Pastor Mike, I was born that way. Uh -uh, I'm going to prove it to you. The fear of public speaking, the fear of rejection. These are in the, some of the top ten. The fear of disapproval. The fear of making mistakes. The fear of aloneness. Aloneness is a real word, Delvon. I looked it up. The fear of financial problems. Amen. And the fear of death. And did you know that there are over 2,000 fears or phobias? I love reading the phobias. Those are fun, okay? Arachnophobia, scared of spiders. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, there's a ton of them. There's over 2,000 fears or phobias that have been identified in human experience Yet, according to psychologists all over the world, human beings are born with just two basic fears. The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. And I know some folks who don't have the fear of falling, too. Come on, somebody. It was just like they weren't born that way, okay? One of them, her name is Emery Rose, okay? Anyways, the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. All other fears, think about this. All other fears have to be learned. Am I making sense? So you aren't born with the fear of failure. You aren't born with the fear of public speaking. You learn to be afraid of failing because of what you've experienced in life. So where will we turn when fear strikes? Well, those who, like King David, look to God will have joy. Come on, somebody. Because faith expressed in prayer is God's antidote for fear. Let's turn to the New Testament and take a look. Philippians chapter 4. As you're getting there, verse 4. says, always be full 
of joy in God or joy in the Lord. Always be full of joy in the kingdom of God, the purposes of God. Do you see that? Then he repeats it and he says, I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. This is, so, this is some powerful verses of scripture here, just little nuggets here that are just really rich with information, okay? He says in verse 5, remember the Lord is coming soon. I'm ready, I'm trying to get my house ready, I'm trying to get my city ready, I'm trying to get my community ready, I'm trying to get my state ready for the coming of the Lord, I'm trying to get my nation ready, I'm trying to get the globe ready, come on somebody who's ready with me, we're, 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 we're doing this on purpose, I don't want, you know, you know the reason that Jesus is waiting, do you, do you realize the reason that God is waiting? I'll give it to you because he would that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to do something. He's waiting on us to love on those around and about us, overcoming that fear. Amen. He says in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then thank him for all he's done. A lot of us, we tell God what we need, but we forget to thank him for what he's done. Come on, somebody. Amen. Verse 7. Then, when? Uh, well, after we've let everyone see how considerate we are, after we've remembered that the Lord is coming soon, after we're not worrying about everything, but we're giving everything to God, we're telling him what we need, we're thanking him for all he's done, then you will experience God's peace then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart. His peace will guard your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. So powerful. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Amen. Fix them. Weld it. Weld the thought to the kingdom of God, weld your thoughts to the purposes of God, weld your thoughts to the word of God. He says this, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then I love this, watch this, he's talking about us being leaders. He's talking about the church being a leader to follow. He says, and also keep putting into practice all that you learned from us, all that you received from us, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Amen. So as we seek God in prayer, as King David did, we will begin to, we will begin to conquer our journey of fear. Somebody say a good amen right there. Praise God. Point number two. Point number two. Here we go. Trust in God's promises. That's one of my favorite songs right now. That's one of my favorite songs. I trust in God. He's my Savior. You know that one? Oh, man, I could just, man, I could just listen to that over and over again. I put that song on repeat. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm painting. I'm cutting grass. I'm, I'm digging a hole for a fence. Okay, I'm trying to pray for somebody. I'm headed to a funeral or a memorial service. I, I'm trusting in God's promises. And why am I? Because of Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, when he tells us, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I don't know about you, but that just, that just puts a extra, a, a, an extra ability on the inside of me, like a supernatural ability. Oh, hang on a second. I got to do this, but God's with me, so I know I can. 
God's with me, so I know I can overcome this situation. I can overcome this circumstance. God, he, he, the scripture talks about it. He's on my right side. He's in front of me. He's behind me. He's uh, over the top. Of, he's on. Come on, somebody. He's all around me. So he says, don't be afraid for I'm with you. I love this. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. Amen? I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So God's promises are a source of strength, a supernatural source of strength. And scary moments, something I've come to find out, Brett, scary moments can be great opportunities. God, like I'm, like you don't understand, like I'm scared to death. No, I don't want to do that. God said, I need you to do this. I want you to go do this. But you got anyone else? But you got anyone else? Huh? God said, I need you to do it. I want you to go and do. Come on, somebody. Realizing that by overcoming some of our scariest moments, we may have... We may have stepped into our greatest opportunities. Come on. Amen. I stepped over the, you, you step over the line and you say, I trust you, God. I, I know that you're going to move in this space. And could it be that our destiny was opened up to us through that opportunity, that just one step of faith that we said, God, I, I got to take this step. I know that you're telling me to take this step and to walk this purpose out. And you begin to do it and God begins to move. And finding strength. In our faith means taking advantage of every opportunity. Take advantage of the opportunities. What does that mean to us? Well, taking advantage of every opportunity that's placed in front of you. A lot of people, they take advantage of the opportunity, amen, to go on vacation. But they might not want to take the opportunity to go to work. Pastor Mike, I want more in this life. Go to work. Hey, 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 go to work. Stay on the job. Clock in a little early and stay just a tad late. Come on, somebody help me preach here. And your boss, you know what your boss is going to do? He's going to raise his eyebrow first. I can't do it real good, you know, but boom, like, boom, whoa. There it is right there. There it is right there. I saw it. There it is right there. He did it again. I love it. You raise that eyebrow and your boss is like, he's paying attention. He's paying it, and guess what happens when it's raise time? The eyebrow's going to not be shifty. He's going to bless you because God blesses those who work. Amen. That's good preaching right there. Taking advantage of every opportunity that's placed in front of you. How about the way we treat our spouses? Huh? Don't throw rocks at this time. Amen. How about the way we treat our neighbors? Huh? How about the way we treat our, our, our coffee baristas? Everybody's got a fancy name these days. Come on, somebody. That's it. How about we, the way we treat ourselves? That's good. Come on, preach that. How we treat ourselves and we talk. You're a child of God. You better talk to yourself like a child of God. You better treat yourself like a child of God. You better treat yourself like one of the kings or, or queens of God's kingdom. That's good. That's good. Amen. So take advantage of every opportunity. So many people, they're so busy looking at the next level. They're so busy looking at the next opportunity. They're so busy thinking about all these other things. They haven't explored all the current ones that are right in front of them. Amen. 
You don't have any new friends because you don't take care of your old friends. Amen. Let's move on. I feel like we got it. How about this? For instance, when was the last time you fearlessly struck up a conversation with a stranger and shared the love of Jesus with them? Pastor Mike, I'm so scared. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises was the two fears we were born with. The other ones were learned. The devil wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He wants to lie to you. He wants to create division. Come on, somebody. How about this? Have you ever freely offered your friendship to someone to see if God might use you, literally use you, to minister to their heart and minister to their life and minister to their needs? Are you open to that space? Are we open to that space? And in the process, you might make some rewarding, lifelong relationships that become a blessing to your life. Amen. Right here in verse 4, in, in Philippians, uh, I'm, I'm, re- I'm referring back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 9. The scripture is talking about the church. And it begins to face opposition within. And the church also has another enemy, without. Not every business has this same frustration. Huh? But the church, we're frustrated because we have opposition within. You should have done it this way. We got opposition without. Why are you even open? Opposition, opposition, opposition. But what I've continued to learn and to grow and and, and to know and understand is that God continues to grow his church. God continues to build his kingdom despite the opposition, despite the frustration, despite the fear, despite the lack, despite the mindset, despite the doubt. Come on, somebody, and preach a word with me this morning. Amen? The church continues to grow. The church continues to do great things. And Paul tells them, he's writing this letter about joy, and he's telling the Philippians to rejoice. And from a human perspective, it doesn't make sense. Amen? These are some Christians at that time that were being imprisoned. Listen, that doesn't sound like a great weekend or a momcation or a staycation to me. Okay? Amen? But they're being imprisoned for their faith. Imprisoned when they tell somebody about the love of Jesus. Imprisoned when they healed somebody. Literally, they, they, were, they were walking along and, and, this, and this man at the gate, beautiful, was literally healed and they threw these guys in prison. What for? That's what I want to ask. What did they do? Amen? How can some, something happen like this? And so he's telling them, rejoice Anyways, and, and, and the path to joy is actually to choose to rejoice. And then Paul, I love it, he repeats it, always be full of joy. And he tells him again, Ben, he says, and to drive home the point, he repeats himself, always be full of joy. Rejoice always. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't rejoice when it's raining outside and i got to change a flat tire. Hello? I rejoice when I could call AAA to come in the rain and change no. <laughs> come in the rain and change the tire. No. Amen. Worldly happiness is not the same as godly happiness. It's not the same. Amen. Godly happiness is called joy. And in the Bible, the word joy is a celebration term. 
So it doesn't matter what's going on in your heart. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on in your relationships. It doesn't matter if your boss hates your guts. You come in to the house of God with joy, the scripture says. You bless his gates with thanksgiving, and you worship him with praise. Amen. And we what? Celebrate. Celebrate good times. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Amen. You know what I'm saying right there? Paul is literally calling for celebration. And the difference between joy, I'm sorry, that just it's just how my brain is, is, is just how it's geared, okay? I wish I could do it different, but I can't. The difference between joy and secular happiness is that the latter depends on what, on, on what happens. It's circumstantial. Oh, things are going good, man. Because I'm doing all right, getting good grades. My future's so bright. I got to wear. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. This young crowd, this young crowd, I'm losing a few of them. I, did you say, I'm losing them. I'm losing them. It's just because I'm elderly. I'm just elderly. That's what's, that's what's going on. That's it. <laughs> it's circumstantially driven. Listen, don't allow your worship. To be circumstantially driven. Huh? Don't allow the way you treat your husband, your wife, your children. I do it. Listen, I do it too. I, I get frustrated too about all kinds of things. But don't allow, circum, don't allow circumstances to beat up your home life. Amen. And that's that. the scripture's teaching us about this. And so uh, a lot of times we, we look at this. If things are going in an upward direction in life, you feel up. But if things are going down, you feel down, all right? And it keeps you on an emotional roller coaster, right? But biblical joy, by contrast, has to do with stability, has to do with celebration, has to do with what's going on and what has happened on the inside of you, regardless of circumstances on the outside. And we've got to choose to rejoice in order to experience the joy that God promises us. That's a good place to give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Choose joy. Choose joy. Amen. Choose joy. Trusting in God's promises, regardless of what we see, regardless of what we feel, God assures us that he is with us, listen, ready to strengthen us, ready to lead us, ready to encourage us, ready to guide us and uphold us. So when the fear creeps in, you can overcome the fear by remembering his promises and trust in his presence. Amen. Point number three, renew your mind. Renew your mind. You know when our when your computer starts acting up, what do you do? Refresh. What do you do? Shut it down. You got to shut it down. Listen to me. God created the heavens and the earth in six days. On the seventh, he rested. Resting is spiritual. Resting is godly. Vacations, family time, those things are godly. They are spiritual. They don't control us where we miss God's house every weekend. Amen? But they should be a part of who we are. We should rest. We should relax. We should enjoy our families. We should enjoy the time together that we have on this earth. Come on, somebody. Amen? 
So as we renew our minds, the scripture says in Romans 12 and 2, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. You see that? Amen. That's not real rest. That's not real rest. Amen. He says, don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Amen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I love that. When, 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 Pastor Mike, I want to know God's will for my life. I want to know God's will for my life. Then don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll know his plan. Then you'll know his will. Then you'll know his purposes behind it. And it's good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. Praise God. In a world filled with distractions, in a world filled with temptations, it's crucial for us as believers to continually align our minds with the teachings of Christ. So how can we experience true transformation through the renewing of our, of our minds? How can we experience this? Because our minds are incredibly powerful. Amen. They shape our thoughts. They shape our attitudes. They shape our behavior. So to be transformed, we must first address our thought patterns. Just because your mom did it that way doesn't mean it's God's way. Amen. Just because your dad did it that way, your granny did it that way, okay, your meemaw, whoever that it is, they might have done it a certain way. It doesn't mean that that's what God wants you to be and what what God wants you to do. Are, Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? Amen. So powerful, right? And so we, we do this. The, the second thing we do, we, we, we transform our minds through the, you know, through the word. Number two, we identify worldly influences. The world bombards us with various ideologies and values that will always conflict God's word. Always. It's what they do. Amen. So as they do that, look at Colossians 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you. You see that? Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. I like how Scripture calls it right here. Nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So we've got to discern these influences and guard our minds from them or against them. And so here it is, Scripture is your guide in the process of mind renewal. Scripture, Psalm 119 and verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. I I hid it in my heart. We talked about memorization, okay, a a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. I forget already, all right? But I've hidden your word, God, in my heart that I might not sin against you. And you have space and you have place to say, you know what? I'm not going to look at it that way. I'm not going to listen to those ideologies. I'm not going to be fueled by that mess. And so by immersing ourselves in God's word, we embed his truth. Somebody say his truth. His truth deep within our minds, making it our compass in life's journey. Amen. And so through prayer, another way, through prayer, through worship and meditation of God's word, we invite his presence into our lives And the presence of God, look at me, always brings peace. Amen? 
doesn't show up with chaos. It doesn't show up with confusion. God's not the author of those two things. The devil is. Amen. God, the presence of God always brings peace. That's why every time you come into Hope City Church and you slip up, slip up those hands and you begin to worship God, you immediately begin to feel the peace of God because that's the presence of God. The presence of God always, 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 always brings you peace. Amen. It'll bring you peace in the frustration, peace in, in, the, in, the, in the disillusionment, peace in the disappointment. He will show up and bring peace to the storm. He'll bring peace in your healing. Come on, somebody. Amen. He'll show up with peace. And the next thing that we need, this is so good, is community and accountability. So many people in this day and age and culture, I need community. Yeah, but you don't want accountability. You want community, but you don't want accountability. Accountability is like this. Pastor Mike, I'm going to do it like this, and I don't care what anybody says. Okay? What does the word of God say about that situation, that circumstance, that action, that scenario? That's our standard. Amen. That's what we need to be looking at. Praise God. And so community and accountability. Some of our old students might be in the room this morning. You've heard this a thousand times, okay? Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Amen? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. How about this one? Who you hang out with and who you allow to influence you. Amen? Who is that? Who are those people, right? And watch this. This is so good. Accountability is not about judgment, but it's about love and encouragement to help one another according to God's word. My wife was just telling me about this. She said, Michael, you're so good at some of these areas, and then some of these areas you won't tell somebody straight up sometimes. There's a few people in your life you won't tell them when they're wrong. Amen? So i got to listen to TK correct me. And it brings what? And community. It brings community, okay, which I love. Then it brings accountability, which frustrates me. But I need to hear it. Huh? I need to hear it every now and again. You got to tell those people, hey, that's, that's, not, that's not correct. Amen. That's not the way that that is. Because Proverbs 27, 17 is iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. I love how the King James Version, it says it sharpens the countenance of a friend, the face of a friend. So what are you bringing to their life? Joy. Amen. You're bringing joy. So surround yourself with fellow believers who encourage, challenge, and hold you accountable in your journey of mind renewal. Amen. Scripture says that a friend sharpens a friend. So what are they doing as the worship team comes? Your friend is scrutinizing you toward a greater relationship with God. Amen? Scrutinize isn't a bad word. Scrutinize is they're inspecting closely. They're inspecting you closely. If you don't have some people in your life that are inspecting you and every now and again calling you out, amen, you might have community, but you probably don't have accountability. You see what I'm saying to you? Amen? So it's powerful enough that we... It's powerful and it's supernatural that we have to have both. Scripture states, this is so good right here. Scrutinize me toward a greater relationship with God. And Scripture states that a friend sharpens me to challenge me. 
not to criticize me or condemn me. They're there to encourage me, to love on me. And so renewing the mind is an ongoing process. And as we continually submit our minds to God, we'll experience the renewal that leads to a deeper, more authentic walk with our Savior. And fear generally stems from negative thoughts and worldly influences. As your mind is renewed, you'll gain clarity about God's will, which dispels fear. Amen. Our final point is very short. Take courage in action. Take courage in action. John, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, <laughs> your God, is with you everywhere that you go. Wherever it is, your footsteps, God is with you. He's with you. His Spirit is with you. He's encouraging you along. Amen. And when fear tries to hold you back, remember that God is with you wherever that you go. Even here at Hope City Church, listen, even here at Hope City Church, every expansion of this ministry or every vision or dream that we may ever have has to require that we overcome the fear that would keep us playing it safe. Amen? There's an element of faith. We just can't look at the business model of a church and say, this is what it is. Sometimes you got to take a step of faith, and it's scary. It's scary to take that step of faith. It's scary to say, what are we going to do here? And many times... God will ask you to do something that seems impossible. But you've got to remember who's on your side. You've got to remember who is with you, who is calling the shots, who is moving it forward, who is with you time after time. He's there as close as the mention of his name. Come on. Of course, by our natural eyes, our natural vision, we're unable to see the miracles of God. We're unable to see what God sees. I, I wish I could see what God sees. I wish, he, I wish I saw every step he was seeing. Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm unable to envision what he envisions. I'm, I'm un, unable to function in faith instead of fear. Amen. But when you're doing what God asks you to do, it'll always take a supernatural courage. Always. You step out in that space and God will meet you on the other side. You step out on nothing. That's what faith is. Step out on nothing and God will meet you on the other side of it. And fear will keep you from fruitfulness in every area of your life. And as God asks us to do something, He asks us to do anything. We need to do it so we shame the devil. We shame the devil. Praise God. Face our fear. Confront our enemies. Push through the doubt and overcome. This is the will of God for us, for us all. Amen. And I'm an action kind of person in case you hadn't noticed. And success, watch this, this is so good. Success for a Christian is not about rising to popularity. It's not about rising to power. It's not about rising to prosperity 
or position, success is fulfilling your God-given calling, your God-given mission in this earth. That is what success looks like. Amen. So you got to step forward in that faith knowing that He is your ultimate source of strength and bravery. And remember that you are not alone. God is with you every single step of the way. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? Thank you today, Father. Thank you today, God. Thank you today, God. Thank you today, God. As our prayer team comes this morning, might say, Pastor Mike, I have been living in a whirlwind of fear and the storm has been raging around my life and the storms have been raging around my relationships or raging just seems like I just can't I just can't move forward because I'm just constantly getting beat backwards you know or I take one step up and it seems like the devil knocks me down three or four steps amen God wants to move in your heart and God wants to move in your life hallelujah and he wants you to take a step of faith that might overcome the fear, that will overcome the fear in your heart and overcome the fear in your life. Pastor Mike, I, I don't know what to do. Well, just like David, he worshiped God. He praised and worshiped God. He began to read the scriptures. He began to memorize the scriptures and hide God's word in his